Welcome to Next Up, a Mid-Century Homes production, where we highlight the people, the places, and the work of folks that are making an impact in the world of mid-century design and architecture. And when we're not conducting interviews for this podcast, we're making mid-century dreams come true in Boise, Idaho. You can find out more about the work that we do online at mid-centuryhomes.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Boise Mid-Century Homes. This is TJ with Mid-Century Homes. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Jiki Torres is the new brand leader of Atomic Ranch Magazine. She has been preparing for this role since she was nine years old when she began reporting on family exploits in her self-published newspaper, The Torres Times. Her passions for writing, art, and history combined when she got her journalism degree from Cal State Fullerton. Now, along with her experience in renovating her own 1951 mid-century home, she seems to have found her most perfect role. In fact, the evolution of Atomic Ranch might not have even been a thing if it wasn't for Jicky. We're excited to share more of her story with you on today's episode. And before we get Jicky on the line, here's a quick word from our sponsor. All right. Well, hey, let's jump right in. First question I have for you. Uh, you're the new brand leader of Atomic Ranch, correct? Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Tell us a little bit about the parent company of Atomic Ranch. So Engage Media Inc., um, we publish a group of national magazines. Um, overall, the whole company, we got auto and outdoor. And then, of course, there's my group, um, the Lifestyle Group. It's the group that I oversee, which is comprised of Atomic Ranch, Cottages and Bungalows, American farmhouse style and flea market decor. Very cool. We've talked about this one time before, but um, I have a longstanding history with engaged media Mm -hmm. because any of those out there that have been sports cards collectors (laughs) have depended on a magazine to tell them what their sports cards are worth called Beckett Magazine. That's right. And that's owned by engaged media, right? It is. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) And then like, what is it? Probably 25 years later, I'm spending money advertising with the magazine that I was buying as a kid. Just kind of funny. (laughs) So how the world turns. We we hooked you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And uh, how long have you been working with Engaged Media? So I've been the content director for all those titles since 2015, um, but I've been an editor with the company for 12 years. I just had my 12-year anniversary uh, last Man, month. Man, <laughs> who does that anymore? I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I like a commitment. <laughs> 12 years is a long time. It is, it is. That is so cool. I love that you've kind of navigated your way through various roles in the company and and then landed in this space that is your personal passion too, right? It is. Yeah. So an engaged media acquired Atomic Ranch. How long ago? We acquired it, I believe, um, summer. It was summer of 2015. And the winter 2015 was Jim and Michelle Brown's last issue. Okay. Um, did you start working with Atomic Ranch magazine 
when that transition happened? I did. And actually, I, I was working with Atomic Ranch Magazine even before it officially happened. Um, I had done a special magazine, a special issue called Mid-Century Mod. Um, and we published this in 2014. And Jim and Michelle had seen that. Um, and they'd always been familiar with our titles as a publisher. You know, there's not that many publishers out there that specialize in, you know, period architecture magazines, you know, cottages and bungalows and, and Victorian homes, which no longer exists. Uh, Victorian homes is one of our core titles as well. But they knew that we, you know, as a team had a passion for historical homes uh, and preservation. You know, I, they think they obviously liked what we did. Um, uh-huh. So anyway, they wrote me, they wrote me this letter and, and asked, you know, would uh, engage me to be interested in acquiring the title? Um, they had, you know, described how they founded the title, you know, 10 years ago and that they were basically ready to retire uh, and they wanted to pass the torch on to a group of um, creatives that they felt like would do a good job with it. Um, and so as soon as I saw, I'd be a fan of Atomic Ranch for, for many years. That. So as soon as that letter picked my jaw up off the floor <laughs> and, <laughs> and ran straight to my CEO's office. Um, I was actually right next door to his office. <laughs> Sounds dramatic, yeah. but I ran over to his office and I showed him the letter and I said, we need to do this. Yeah. Um, he wasn't familiar with the title. So I kind of dug up, you know, some old issues, you know, out of my, um, my office and, you know, we shared it and many, many phone calls and emails and, you know, much paperwork afterwards, we, we did it. Hmm. That's interesting. Do you get other magazines like you got Atomic Ranch through this process often? I do. I mean, I'm a magazine person through and through (laughs) and um, I love, I love supporting the industry. I love, I've always been a subscriber of a lot of titles sunset magazine bon appetit you know in all sorts of areas um i'm kind of just addicted to that feeling of grabbing this magazine and you know kind of curling up with your wine and relaxing Um, right and 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 i guess what i'm more after is the way that engage media acquired atomic ranch Mm -hmm. does that process happen often in your industry where you're picking up other titles like that not often you know and especially, you know, interestingly enough, at that time in 2015, we had been uh, a lot more conservative about our ideas of what we wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Atomic Ranch had such an incredible history. Um, and, and I think because I was pretty darn passionate <laughs> about talking, you know, to my CEO about, you know, what, right. what this really meant. I mean, to be able to be in a position to explain, you know, what, what, atomic ranch was beyond just this thing in my hand um that there was this culture of folks that were really really loved this and were right really happy to have a kind of this home you know of a community um mm-hmm. that i think it really made a difference for him to see you know a bit more of the potential of what that meant to acquire right so what you're really telling me is that atomic ranch probably wouldn't be at a title for engaged media if you weren't there, it might not. No, because <laughs> <laughs> as in anything that we do, somebody that is, you know, communicating or sharing, or might I say, selling an idea when they're personally passionate yeah. about it, just comes through in a completely different way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think you know, around that time in 2015 is when a lot of you know media and magazines, you know, we were thinking about our digital strategy already and Atomic Mm -hmm. Ranch didn't really have much of that. It was really kind of a a smaller title 
Um, so as far as, you know, assets per se, if you were to look at that from a business perspective, as my CEO would, um, you know, didn't come along with a lot of those extras um, that they would typically want when evaluating, you know, are we going to acquire this as a business? But right. Um, but also as an opportunity to grow something yeah. that already had a great following. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, you're personally a mid-century enthusiast. And do I understand correctly, you live in a mid-century home as well? I do. I do. I live in a, in a 1951 rancher in Fullerton. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed the way that you penned the last issue um, that is your new role as brand leader, talking about that renovation process that we all go through with our <laughs> Homes that are never done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so are there some projects that are on your to-do list that um, that you're hoping to tackle here in the near future? Yeah. I, I mean, actually, I only bought my house two years ago. So okay. we're in the front end of, <laughs> of the to-do list here. Um, and, uh, you know, we worked our way through the inside of the house um, and got and, and tackled the biggies first, the kitchen. Um, and then we did the front yard next because curb appeal, you know, that's mm-hmm. a number one as well. And then, yeah. and now we're working on backyard landscaping. Okay. Does your home offer much indoor outdoor integration? It does. We have a covered patio, um, that is really kind of a second living room for us. Mm-hmm. So we already had you know, kind of the, the inkling of this like outdoor living vibe. So, yeah, but you know, we bought the house. It was not really, you know, well taken care of. So basically the backyard's a dirt lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> My landscaping is weeds at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> blank, blank canvas. Bl- yes. And let's get, let's give it a, let's give it a more exciting term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blank well, and you know, in, I live in Southern California, so outdoor entertaining is a big deal. And I actually haven't right. even had, you know, kind of this formal, splashy housewarming thing um, yeah. two years later, because I really feel like it's all about gathering outside. So, right, right. Totally. Well, you are uh, more than qualified to be um, taking that baton that was passed off to you from Sarah Jane. And we're excited to see, you know, what you do in that new role and really some new direction um, or continued and and increased direction for the magazine and where that, where that goes. But before we talk about that, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Where did you grow up? Um, Here in Southern California. I was uh, born in Hollywood, California. Mm. Darling. (laughs) But I moved when I was five. inherit or absorb any of that Hollywood flat. Okay. <laughs> my parents, uh, we, my parents moved from a beautiful 1924 Craftsman bungalow um, to a super cool, exciting 1980s track home. <laughs> out, awesome. Out in LA suburbia. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think you know, actually, I think believe it or not, that that's kind of the thing. I mean, looking through those old you know photos, is my childhood photos and things. I think that it was one of the things that made me interested in in historic homes you know Mm -hmm. actually i mean being you know the the child of like filipino immigrants you know who who came to this country 
couldn't bring much with them, let alone family mementos and tokens and heirlooms and things. When I started to understand and learn that like in this country that there's homes with old attics filled with, you know, grandma and grandpa's furniture and and cool old things. And I was really, that always sort of romanced me. And, Mm -hmm. and so from a very young age, I've always been really fascinated with like historic homes. Was there ever a turn for you where you like self-identified as a mid-century enthusiast? Like what, what was that process like for you? So in college, I went to Cal State Fullerton and majored in journalism. Um, I, who was my boyfriend at the time, he, you know, had an apartment. He was the first one to move out and he loved Danish modern furniture. He didn't know it was, he didn't know it was called Danish modern furniture, right? but he liked that look. And back then, you know, we were avid thrift store shoppers, you know, (laughs) college kids. Um, And we used to go to thrift stores for clothes and old records. But once he got his first apartment, we quickly discovered that, oh, my gosh, you could get furniture there, too. Yeah, <laughs> um, for cheap. For super cheap, especially <laughs> back then. I think this would have been, you know, the late, this is the early 2000s. Um, yeah. You know, this wasn't as kind of, I think, popular and well-known as right. it is now. So we were mm-hmm. scoring, like, these amazing mid-century credenzas and dressers and coffee tables for 20 and $30. Yeah. Any of those that you still have? I have all of them. Do you really? I do. And I use them. Okay. They're in my house. They're in my living room, my entryway. That's awesome. What's funny, though, is now it's making me realize I've never actually, because we've always used them. We've never not used them. Um, uh-huh. I've never even stopped to look for a maker's mark on any of them. So, <laughs> well, that's not what was important to you at the time. It, but now, you better, <laughs> I'm going to go home and that's going to be the first thing I have has and clear off. Yeah. Help me clear off. Yeah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> What's your most recent piece that you've picked up? Um, a pair of plant stands. Speaking of gardening and outdoors, um, yeah. I don't know much about them actually. I just acquired them a couple months ago from a really, really cool mid-century shop up in um, Ventura, California, a little beach town. Yeah. And they okay. are, I think they're 1960s. Um, they're black and white. It's a pair. And they are wire-framed, um, like cylindrical plant stands. They look, almost mm-hmm. look like columns, but like modern wire-framed columns. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, tell me a little bit more about your college days and um, – you know, trying to figure out what you wanted to do with your life. You mentioned journalism. Is that what you always wanted to do? I always wanted to write. That was always my thing. I was a big reader and always a big writer. In in high school mm-hmm. and even even middle school. Yeah. And even and, as a nine-year-old, <laughs> my mom laughs when I tell this story. As a nine-year-old, I, um, you know, my parents had, you know, the first computer and I was on the word processing system and I made a family newspaper. <laughs> really and i called it the torres times (laughs) (laughs) and i would write articles about my family um you know so and so cousin got in trouble at this birthday party and (laughs) so and so aunt got drunk at the at the at the birthday party (laughs) that is extremely humorous (laughs) so yes always a writer always a storyteller (laughs) huh did you have anybody like in high school that tried to convince you that journalism and pursuing that path was 
your your best move or how did that happen um probably my grandmother my grandmother actually was a really huge she was a big supporter of my writing career I mean she was a big reader too and I think as a writer she thought you know more along the lines of creative writing which you know by all means in high school and college I loved creative writing as well but Mm -hmm. you know the pragmatic side of me said okay well what's going to be your job though (laughs) right so I chose and 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 when you uh, when you were pursuing that degree, did you have like an end game once you got, you know, the degree and, and entered the big adult real world <laughs> where you where you knew you would be? I mean, did what was that? You know, I'd, I'd always hoped I could be make a living as a writer, as a paid writer. Um, yeah. And, you know, starting out in journalism, I did actually did news writing for a little while. Um, but just discovered how much I actually hated it because <laughs> I'm too emotional for that. <laughs> okay. I'm much more of a, you know, I like to connect, you know, I like to learn and be able to be more expressive about things. So I, um, I started, you know, doing feature writing and actually in, in, in college, I almost majored in art history, um, mm-hmm. because I love art and design so much, um, and, right. and history, you know, so there you go. But yeah. I did decide on journalism because at the end of the day, it was the writing and, and telling people stories, sharing, you know, sharing about things that I had discovered. Yeah. I don't know that there could be a more perfect spot for where you're currently at. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Oh my gosh. I, I, all the time, you know, I tell people, I've been telling people this my entire career that, you know, and it's funny because I've been saying this at at every stage (laughs) of my career and through, and in this past 12 years, I've been everything from, you know, obviously an intern to an assistant editor to an editor and, you know, editorial director, content director being, you know, kind of the biggies, every single stage of my career, I've always said, I have my dream job Mm -hmm. because I loved design architecture interiors um, history history so to be able to yeah. to, be, to do this um mm-hmm. i that's not lost on me and i'm so excited yeah. about it every and, day. and grateful i bet yeah absolutely totally well when you're not um exploring all of that creative journalism and historical fact finding mm-hmm. and you've stepped away from your projects at the house I, I think I'd also heard that you have some um, living creatures <laughs> in your home that provide some both entertainment and comfort. Is this true? I yes, I have four four creatures. Um, they they are they're four pugs, but actually four creatures probably sounds like a better description for pugs. <laughs> <laughs> four pugs. Yes, and are they? Um, all the same size is one small one big tell us about them. they're a little they're a little motley crew actually okay uh I, they're mostly um and and my oldest rescue my first pug i ever got she's she's you know question mark years old at this point because yeah. <laughs> when we rescued her she was already old and and you know kind of had missing half of her teeth and that was 10 years ago so now she's you know this tiny little thing and and just like humans they kind of shrink a little bit the older they get (laughs) and she's gone deaf the poor doll so you know we always have to really keep an eye out for her yeah (laughs) and then I have um two actually that I rescued recently two years ago they're they're Palm Springs residents believe it or not interesting they needed to be rehomed and the owner wanted to keep them together and i was probably the you know my husband and i were the only people crazy enough to take two at the same time yeah sight unseen actually we hadn't even met them 
Um, but we were just like, no, we have to save them. So, and how did you even hear about them? Facebook. Okay. <laughs> The, way we the hear wonderful about world of Facebook connections. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> and and so that's your third, first, second, third. And don't you have, you have four. Yeah, actually, the fourth one? so actually the very first one was the rescue. She was, um, this is an interesting thing. I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever heard about this um, or if any of your um, your followers have, but this idea of a uh, uh, foreclosure dog. Did you ever hear about that term? Uh, I, I Last time we talked, yeah. you mentioned it, but that was the first time I had heard of it. Yeah, in 2008, I mean, especially in Southern California, you know, that, it was when the housing bubble burst, all these homes yeah. were going into foreclosure, and a phenomena, sad, sad to say, a phenomena that was happening is that people were in a position where they just had to kind of abandon and leave their homes, and sometimes they were leaving their dogs. Uh-huh, because so they couldn't take them with them where they were going. Yes, so we found, yeah. we found the first one. Her name is Lilu. Um, we found her that way. And then about a year later, um, I got hit up from a friend who, who had some neighbors who were thinking about going and becoming breeders and then had their first litter and was like, no, this is too hard. We can't do this. Um, so we got that as we got sushi, our second pug as a, as a, as a puppy. She's the only okay. dog we've ever had as a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other two from the, from Palm Springs. <laughs> gotcha. One of them blood and the other three adopted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I treat them all the same, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sushi. That is funny. Give me the other names. We got so we got Lilu, we got Sushi, we have Hula, who's who's my only black pug. The other three yeah. are fine. And then we've got Margo. And Margo. <laughs> I th- I think sushi will be my favorite if I ever meet the pugs. <laughs> you know, she she's she, she's almost everybody's favorite. She is shaped like a sushi roll. So <laughs> And and uh, and you've mentioned your husband a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He, you are not the sole caregiver no. of four pugs. Thankfully, no. Yes. And how long have you been married to um, this fine gentleman? We've been married for ten years. Wow, you hit the ten year mark, yes, sir. And and with him for nine years before that. So I was. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I wasn't kidding about the commitment thing. Wowzers! <laughs> so almost twenty. You've known this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um. He's an and you met him in college, did you say? Yeah, I met him in college. Actually, I met, okay. no, actually, I take it back. I met him at my very first job. My very first job out of high school was for um, Cost Plus World Market. Okay. <laughs> and beca- it's because I wanted, um, while well, all my friends wanted discounts at clothing stores, I wanted discounts on home stuff. So, yeah, I you hear know. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and, and would he call himself a mid century enthusiast as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's cool. He was way bigger into it before before even I was um, yeah. just because obviously he, you had the furniture and took yeah. you off to it but I didn't know if that was just like you stated you know cheap furniture that he could acquire and he didn't necessarily even really like it no 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 he loved he did. the look okay. of it and, and loved that clean you know very kind of uh, minimalist very modern shape um yeah and he's a he's a creative too he's a he's a designer illustrator animator Okay. Um, so he definitely coming from that aesthetic background, you know, gravitated to that. Yeah. And together totally. we, we've just learned and researched and kind of put, right. put names to the things that we've, you know, always seen and loved. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, back to uh, Atomic Ranch and the future of it. Uh, thanks for giving us kind of a, a peek behind the veil of your personal life yeah. and where you've come from. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, did you say 2015 is when Engage Media acquired it? Yes. Okay. And um, 
has the mission and the vision for the magazine remained the same? Yeah, you know, I think that was actually, you know, a big, um, you know, kind of guiding goal for us. You know, when we took it over, I, you know, had a lot of reverence for the magazine and what Jim and Michelle had created. You know, we really respected, you know, this community that followed and loved Atomic Ranch. So we we actually made a lot of our decisions with that in mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of felt like we don't want to fix what's not broken. Right. But, you know, we were in a position being a larger publisher, you know, to put just more muscle behind it is really kind of mm-hmm. where we were coming from. So we started to, you know, distribute it more widely. You know, there's more copies out there, more locations that carry it. Um, we're able to publish it digitally as a magazine app. Uh, we got Atomic Ranch on Instagram and gave it a bigger, more robust website. Um, you know, and of course we got involved with modernism week in Palm Springs, which has been a huge launching pad for atomic ranch for, for so many things. And, you know, and, and moreover, it gives us an opportunity to meet with our readers and other mid-century lovers who, you know, really help validate our, (laughs) our little world that we find ourselves in all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Um, were, was the digital side of what Atomic Ranch had the capability to do something that the original owners wished that they had the ability to do and just didn't have the horsepower to create that? Or was that never really a vision for them? I think it was. I mean, they had a website when we took over, um, which was a very, you know, kind of just a simple one, uh, not a ton of content, not very many pages deep, but it was a place to find out about the brand and to reach mm-hmm. out and, and, you know, get some resources. Um, and I think that it just, you know, it was, it was Jim and Michelle, you know really it was the two of them and right. i think it was probably a capacity thing yeah. um so yeah yeah no totally understand that um atomic ranch and the brand can be connected in in how many other channels you can get it to the magazine you can get onto the website mm-hmm. facebook instagram mm-hmm. are there any other places where folks can connect with you we're on pinterest and on pinterest <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. I'm not a Pinterest person, so I didn't know that. But that's that's the only other channel that's out there that people can connect with you. Right, right. For now. For now. Do you, have, do you have any other channels that you're currently exploring? We are. So we have a we do have a YouTube channel um okay. where we've housed, you know, kind of the, the, the few um videos that we've created and produced together. Video is a huge thing on the to-do list. We'd love to dive more into that and you know be on site and share. Um, these amazing homes and locations in that way, you know, opens up mm-hmm. so much more that we could do. Right. And that's one of the things for what's next. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that are on the what's next calendar for the magazine? Yeah. You know, there's so much. <laughs> that's our, that's kind of our problem is that there's all these things we want to do. <laughs> yeah. You've got to, you know, you got to figure it out and prioritize and take your time and you know we, we've got a another book potentially in the works okay. um you can you guys can reach out to me and let me know what you think of that but jim and michelle yeah. produced two books or is it three um so we you know kind of feel like we've had the title for a while now and maybe we want to go ahead and give a a, a a hand a stab at that um uh-huh. and i think for me it's really just about wanting to do more you know we want to yeah. we want to touch down into more you know, amazing mid-century communities. We want to be out there sharing and celebrating, you know, really the regional diversity of mid-century modern. Um, uh-huh. We want to participate 
you know, yeah. more in these communities. We're going to be um, having a presence up at um, Sacramento Modern. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about possibility yeah. to be coming out there. Um, and it's more that, you know, I think one of the coolest things that happened really recently is um, Chris Christensen. She's our digital brand manager for Atomic Brands. She came across this uh, petition from Preserve Louisiana, where they were trying to save this incredible home. Um, it's called the Crawford Home. It was built in 56 by Wall Snyder, who was an architect out of Miami. Um, anyway, we got our... <laughs> We horned in, we got ourselves involved, we promoted the petition on our social channels um, and, and, and put it in our newsletter and really kind of got the word out and helped them get the word out. And the house got saved. Really? Yes, and I like to think we had a huge hand in that. Absolutely. <laughs> it was bought by an individual who has set out to preserve it. We can't share everything right now. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned because we um, okay. we do want to be able to share this, but the house has an amazing story and we, yeah. you know, we want to be able to share that. So, right. you know, that's part of it too, is that any of yeah. you out there have anything that we should know, please yeah. reach out because, you know, it's preservation is, is just part of you know, it's, it's one side of the coin when it comes to right. mid-century modern architecture and design, um, yeah. but it's near and dear to our hearts. So, yeah. You know, we definitely and one of the things that we had talked about in another past conversation was um, you love the getting tipped off to other great properties, mid-century properties that otherwise you guys might not know about. Yes. And um, it's easy for you to do that in the California area, but I think maybe some of the you know, furthering states that are traveling towards the East Coast yeah. don't have much, as much engagement because they're not necessarily in your backyard. But if you were to be made, you know, more knowledgeable about some of these places that could use some press, um, that that's an opportunity as well is to, is to grow in that direction by getting more tips on these great properties. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I would be excited and grateful for anybody who was willing to share, had an idea of a great house. I mean, that's our biggest challenge, frankly, is that um, I wish we could be everywhere mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time. There's so much out there, but it just right. takes somebody, you know, giving us a little heads up and sharing. Right. Yeah. Get the grassroots level tipping you off to things mm -hmm. that are going on in their backyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the idea. It's, it's almost uh, instead of the antique road show, it's the atomic ranch road <laughs> show, right? I mean, that's what we need to work on. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you the royalties, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And then, um, well, random last question for you. We think that we can tell quite a bit about people based on the music that they listen to. Who is currently on your playlist? <laughs> I feel like this is a, the question that the kind of question that can get me in trouble with people, but <laughs> um, oh boy. Well, you know, I grew up on my grandma's music. I'm very close to my grandma. She lived with me all, um, you know, most of my adult life. So I grew up on the standards like Nat King Cole and Ella Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. So those kind that kind of, those old jazz standards are definitely my happy place. Yeah. Um, but I listen to, I listen to everything. I mean, I listen to new jazz, like, uh, Robert Glasper and Kamasi Washington are some cool okay. guys that I love. I love indie music. Um, Max Frost, uh, Inara George, they're, they're two ones that I listen to a lot. I do, yeah. I vacation in Hawaii a lot. So there is this like reggae island girl side of me where yeah. I love that. Right. Um, and then, gosh, in, in college, it was a big, <laughs> I was a big punk and classic rock person. Okay. So I don't listen to much punk anymore because I need something yeah. less stressful, but. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I did go to a punk show recently because there was a, a reunion for this legendary girl punk band that I, I love, so I couldn't miss it. What What was the name of the band? They're called Bikini Kill. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the last concert you've been to? That one. That was like on it Thursday. It was that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's funny. How about before that one? What was the, what was the one before that one? Before that one, I believe it was gosh maybe adele okay everybody loves everybody adele. how, loves how adele. can you not yeah <laughs> very cool well hey thank you so much for your time really appreciate you carving out some of that for us today to learn a little bit more about the magazine and more about the new brand leader <laughs> of the magazine yeah that was so much fun thank you so much for having me on yes absolutely we'll tell next time okay have a good day bye Bye-bye. Till next time on Next Up. Mm-hmm.